for SEN America. This is the SEN NBA podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SEN NBA podcast. I'm your host, Luke Sakari. Jumping in the host chair today and from this week onwards, Chris Tyler. He's just letting myself and Krista Silva, my co-host, take the reins a little bit. So, Chris, how are you going today? Good, man. Yeah, Christos, he just he's passing us there. Re- he's handing us the reins to the offense. Like, yeah. Like, like LeBron and Kyrie Irving, <laughs> you know. He He's just letting the young guys take he's over. Letting so us take I appreciate over. it. I he appreciate is here. It. He doesn't want to talk a lot because he's doing his, um, his sandwich. His ham, I'm, just, I'm just looking over you boys. Ham, ham cheese and, and the protein, protein shake. Protein what do you got in there? It's water. Oh, <laughs> so At least it's a protein shake. But make something up, man. There's protein this morning. <laughs> no one can now. see it, so it doesn't matter. It's water. Right. I don't want to lie. You I've always wondered water. what's in there, man. So it's there every week. Yeah, yeah. water. Oh, it's good. It's only what? got protein in the mornings and at night. That's it. That's, That's, all, all, you That's all you need. All you need? All right, awesome. Can you tell? Can you tell I have it twice a day? You probably can. Oh, I can. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. All right, sweet. I'll take it. Look at that. Can I tell with the sneaky flex? All right, so we'll jump into first things first. First things first. So, Chris, it's been a big week in NBA action, and we want to talk about what happened yesterday. Clay Thompson. So, for those who missed it, who I don't think you would have missed it, he scored 60, which is amazing in any game. Mm -hmm. But let's think about this for a second. He played 29 minutes. Yep. He had 21 field goals. For the entire game, he touched the ball for 90 seconds. The ball was in his hands (laughs) for 90 seconds, and he scored 60 points. He had, I think, how many touches did he have? It was 46. Oh, not a lot. Not a lot. Not it might have been probably less than 46. Yeah. He had 11 dribbles. <laughs> he dribbled the ball 11 times. He scored 60. Like, what What do you make of this? Like, how... Uh, what it, can you say? It's it's a life of Clay. You know, I, I think Clay Thompson has the most wonderful life in the entire <laughs> NBA, right? All he has to do is hit open shots... Walk his dog, you know. Have a coffee. Yes, yeah, have a coffee. You know, reply to some DMs. He there's not much that Clay needs to do, and he just win. He just wins games, wins seventy games every year. So, um, but having said that, man, I mean, you you know me, Luke. I'm I'm not a Warriors fan. I and I watch <laughs> Warriors games, and I watch them literally hoping for them to miss shots sometimes. But I was watching him yesterday. And I'm like. When guys get clay open, like yeah. get, get clay. I want I wanted every three to go down and I was so angry that Steve Kerr didn't play him in the fourth. <laughs> like, come on man, like it's 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 December, like he just have some fun, Steve Kerr. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't want to be that guy, but like I do understand why they took him out because you don't wanna <sighs> like But still you, this the injury can like it's not but, even a concern, it's just the belief. Like it's almost like a bit of karma in a way. It's like if you're keeping this guy in to A, score 80 or whatever, embarrass the paces a little bit more, you can kind of think, well, it's not going to work in our favor. But I, I, I mean, I know what you're saying. Like, we all wanted to see him. Because the way he was shooting the ball, yeah. there was no reason why he couldn't reach oh. at least 70. Yeah, well, and anything he, after that. I, I understand what you're saying, man. And I know there's so much, what's the word? Like, trepidation, if you will, of um, they don't want to overextend their guy, especially last year when they went for 73 and then obviously ended up losing the title. Now, I don't know if, you know, playing games 81 or 82 of the regular season at full, you know, going going for it while other teams are resting, I don't know if that cost them a title. You can't uh, you can't possibly quantify that in any, yeah, any no, way, shape absolutely. or form. But it's history, man. Like, yeah, I know. 
Kobe scored you 81, what, 10 years ago. Like, yeah. we, don't, we don't see this very often, man. And um, it was just one of those zones, man. Clay Thompson, he gets into these zones sometimes where he's literally so hot that the ball's in the basket before it's in his hands. Yeah. Like, and there was this there was this one possession that he had, um, I think it might have been in the second quarter, and it was by the Warriors bench and he they had run a run a play for him and he'd come off a few screens and he was literally running to the right corner and he wasn't even he was looking at the Warriors bench at this stage. Yeah. And he got the ball and turned in one motion and hit it. And it was almost fade away. And he made it. And it's just I one thing I try to say with Clay is he's he's just such a beautiful shooter of the ball. Like he's mechanics. He's got the, one of the most purest shots. There, in there's the no wasted wasted motion in in Clay's shot, and I think it's fantastic. And like when you look at when him and Steph get hot, yeah. When when Steph gets hot, he's hitting amazing shots over. over he hits a lot of contested yeah. shots, which are like wow. But when Clay gets hot. The thing that wows me is he'll somehow still be open, which shows you how good his off the wo- off the ball work is. And it also shows how good the Warriors are. Oh, I mean, like yeah. Durant, Curry, we we all know it's, it, it, this. That game was honestly like the peak Clay Thompson game this season because it just shows the quality of looks he's going to get. We actually received a Twitter question about this from from at double A Rose twelve. He said, "Where does this performance rank all time in terms of like great individual performances?" I was thinking about it from the top of my head. In terms of just scoring games, it has to be in, it's up in there, the man. top ten, or it's maybe even top five. Like sixty points, eleven dribbles. Like <laughs> it, it has to be up there. I mean, it has to be one of the great performances we've ever seen. I mean, on on an offensive side of things, I mean, you can always say it loses credit because a it was against the Pacers and, and it was December. in early December. Yeah, but it still happened. Like it's still Listen, something man, that pe- we saw. People don't score sixty or. In 29 minutes every day, you know, it's we have to appreciate for what it is, and it's eight threes, you know, 21 shots, 21 or 33. It's unbelievable, man, and it's something that um, Clay Clay himself is probably likely to never do this again. Like it's, it's just one of those nights, and I think um, when they come, we have to appreciate it for what it is, rather than you know immediately comparing and putting it in a list, which we tend to do a lot. Yeah, yeah, and m- moving on from Clay, as amazing as it was. We're talking about another team that's, they're not playing amazing, but they've definitely caught a lot of people by surprise in the last two or so weeks. It's the New York Knicks. Now, this is a team coming into the season where a lot of us said, you just didn't know. Like, they had the ability to be really, really, not really, really good, but like a good playoff team, or they could have been a complete disaster. But look at them now. I mean, I think it's since November 14th, they've had one of the best records in the entire league. They're winning these games, but they're not dominating. Like, they're still 27th in defense. They're 13th in offense, which is good, but you don't look at that number and think this is a transcendent offensive team yeah. that's going to win us ball games. They just find a way to they win. They find a way. They're scrapping these wins because they got they got good clutch players. Like, yeah. a lot of people forget that. Like, you look at a team like the Utah Jazz or the Denver Nuggets. Like, these are good teams, but they don't know how to win in close games. Yeah. Look at the Knicks. Somehow they do. And it's because Carmelo. Like, you look guy. at their late-game offense, it's still giving the ball to Carmelo and isolating him on the elbow. Yeah. As much as I want to see the ball more in Porzingis' hands. Like, if I'm a Knicks fan, all I care about is Porzingis, right? Yeah. That's, that's all you want to make sure, is that he's getting enough touches, he's playing well, and he's not getting injured. 
But how can you take the ball out of Malo's hands in the clutch when he's proven time after time after time? He makes these big shots. Yeah. And like Rose kind of wants that shot as well. We've seen it a lot where he'll come off a pick and roll and pull up for this horrible three-pointer in the clutch. But he sometimes makes a shot, which makes you forget it's a bad shot. So for as great as they're playing, I think they're fifth in the East at the moment yep. as of this recording. There's still so many questions there. Yeah, like you you spoke about how their stats aren't great. And I think one that stands out for me is that they they have a negative point differential. And they're the only team in the East, in the top eight of the East, to actually have a negative point differential, which they have of minus 2.1. Um, but you mentioned, man, they they just know when it, when it's money time, man, you just got to put the ball in, in Melo's hands and, and let him go to work. And I think one interesting thing about the Knicks is the development of Paul Zingas this year as a rim protector. He's one of the best rim protectors in the league so far. And I think it was, they played against Charlotte. They had a overtime game against yeah. Charlotte last week at the Garden. And Paul Zingas was just blocking everything inside at the rim. And it's it allows him to use his length and athleticism. And there was one play where Frank Kaminsky caught it on the right wing. And Porzingis was kind of out of position, so Frank got it. And Frank, being a three-point shooter, we expect him to rise up and knock that down. But he saw the lane and drove straight, made a beeline to the rim. And Porzingis was on his hip the whole time. And historically, not historically, but normally when a player's on, on the defender's on a... The offensive player's got the advantage. Yeah, they're in when, when they're on the hip, yeah. like it's, it's straight to the rim. Porzingis was able to use his quickness to get meet Kaminsky at the summit and block the shot and... Um, no, he's he's one of good. these guys, Chris Stapps, that he almost, he, if you want to look at the way basketball's trending in terms of like the skilled, versatile, multifaceted big, big yep. man, it's him. Yeah. He is almost the definition. And there's heaps of guys like Davis and Towns, yep. Embiid, Anton and Kumbo. There's heaps of him, but he's one of, he, they call him a unicorn, right? Yeah. I mean, the name fits the billing because <laughs> this guy, he can just do it all. And I just, something a bit more about the Knicks moving off from Paul Zingas. Look at Derrick Rose, okay? He's playing well. Like, yep. his player efficiency rating is plus is above 15, which is a league average. So he's a lot above league average in that category. But is this a guy that you re-sign? He's out of contract at the end of the year. What do you do with him? Because he's been healthy, but, like, we know historically he hasn't been. So that that's still lingering over his head. What do you do with him? What do you do with Derek Rose if you're the Knicks? Well, I think you have to look at um, the point guard position is such an important position in the league today. You know, we most great teams historically who have won titles, they've had it with great point guard player. Whether you're talking about Kyrie Irving last year, Steph Curry before that, Tony Parker in his heyday in um, in San Antonio. So you do need a good point guard. And I think Rose at the moment, he's, obviously his days of being an MVP caliber player is, is well beyond, uh, past him. He's 28 years old, so um, you know, turning 29 next year. So you have to look at whether more than the monetary amount, I think the year, years, how long do you want to sign him for? Because you, know, you don't want to sign him to a four-year deal where in the third and fourth years, it's really holding back your franchise. And I think, like the Joakim Noah deal probably will. It's almost already years because <laughs> yeah. he's been horrible. They've still I mean, been for another four years. 20, 20 games into that contract, and it's already one of the worst contracts in the league. Uh, so I personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't resign him, but 
Yeah, being New York, I can see why they would. Yeah, and moving on now, we'll go to our starting five. On the SEN NBA podcast, the starting five. So, just from last week, we had in our team, of course, we're doing this with the two guards and the three forwards, the all-star format, the team of the weeks. Last week, we had Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Love, Anthony Davis, and Kevin Durant. Now, this week, we've changed up a bit. Me and Chris have actually mutually agreed on the changes. We haven't... There's no disagreements here. So, going through the team, we're keeping Westbrook in. Like, six straight triple-doubles. Amazing. Amazing. You almost can't even... It's how can you explain? It? I'm running out of words and adjectives to explain this guy what he's doing. He's um, we haven't seen anything like this in well since M train in I think '88 or '89. But he makes getting a triple double look so easy. Like he's getting them with time left. <laughs> like yeah, it will be 5:45 in the third quarter. Russell Westbrook has got a triple double, and like I. I watched the game. I didn't watch the Thunder yesterday, and I looked at the scores after when I got home. And it's Westbrook thirty-two, thirteen, and twelve. And I was just like, "Oh, he he did it again!" Like it was just nothing. It's almost reach, reaching that LeBron level where it's like you almost expect it, yeah. Which is so unfair. <laughs> <laughs> How can you expect someone to go and get a triple double? Now in the other guard position, we're changing it up up here a little bit. Yeah. So. On the, on our starting five on here on the SCN NBA podcast, you don't get in on name basis. No, you don't. You don't get in. No. You get in on performance based. That's right. So we look at the body of work from that week, from our last recording to this recording, yep. and we say who has had the best week. And the other guard spot, it's a guy from the Memphis Grizzlies, and it's Troy Daniels. Troy Daniels has been really good this week. I mean, he's coming for Mike Conley, who we spoke about last week, who we thought would have huge implications. And I think they're undefeated or they've lost like one game since he came out, since he went to the sidelines. So there you go. And it's been because of this guy, Troy Daniels. I mean, he's been really an offensive spark plug for them. Well, people who don't know Troy Daniels, he's he's been around for a while. He really kind of made his name, I think, in 2014 playoffs for the Rockets hitting a big-time uh, shot against the uh, Portland Trailblazers yeah. in that series. And he's an elite shooter. He's averaged 42% from three uh, on his career and really coming off the bench for the Grizz. And for a team that historically hasn't shot the ball well, hasn't has been devoid of shooters, they lost their best shooter in Mike Conley a few weeks ago. And this guy's come in and let, let me just go through these numbers. 19 points on 6 of 9. 31 points on 12 of 23, six threes, 29 points, seven seven of 11 from three. We've got to reward the performance, man. And the Grizz, we we value winning in the in the starting yeah, five. You gotta, you gotta win games. You and have he, to win games. And the Grizzlies have been three and zero. And we spoke about, I think it was last week when when Conley went down that Memphis just has to stay afloat in these three weeks or three or six weeks. Six I think. weeks. And they've got off to a good start. Yeah, they're they're what fourteen and eight, I think, at the moment. So Yeah, fourteen fourteen and eight. So equal fifth in the in the West. So just gotta reward the reward yeah, performance. So right? Troy Daniels is in the team. Now moving on to the forward spot. We're taking out Kevin Love. I'm sorry, he, Kev. He didn't have a great week. We're putting in a guy who won player of the week yep. in this conference. And he's been awesome. And that's Giannis Antetokounmpo. He, he's another guy who's just... I wrote about it on SEN.com.au this week. He, he should be in the MVP conversation. He should be. He has been amazing. You look at 
This is a guy when he gets the ball on offense, he can literally take it at the three-point line, one dribble, two steps. His strides are ridiculously long. Yeah. I mean, he's got this long athletic body, which is unbelievable. But he uses it to his advantage because he gets to the rim. He shoots like 70% within the restricted area, which you can say, well, it's easy for him because he's so tall. We still hit the shot. Like, still going to make him. You're still making still make it him. against seven-footers in the lane trying to contest it. Yeah. So it's not like they're just letting him take the shot. I mean, he's a, he can actually make plays for his teammates. He's smart. He knows when to cut and when to pass. Defensively, he's sensational. I mean, he's a guy who will play the point guard position at the offensive end and then go guard the center or a forward. Like, someone that versatile, they're so... He, he, we talked about Paul Zingas. I mean, Anton and Combo's at that level. I mean, personally, I believe once he adds that three-point shot, which he ha- he can't shoot, yeah. but based on his... um. His rate of development, it's been so rapid, I believe he can add it. And when he does, there's really no reason why this guy can't be considered a top five player in the league. Because what's he missing? Like, he's got everything. Yeah, and um, he's got all the tools of a... We spoke about unicorns before this guy. Yeah. He's the unicorn. Where, where, where do you see a six foot eleven point guard? Um, he's, he's the ultimate stat sheet stuffer in, in this league. He's averaging... 2.2 blocks, 5.8 assists, 2.2 steals, you know, rebounds and points, we know what he's doing. And I think what's most impressive is how efficient he's been from the yeah. field without having a jumper. He's shooting 52% from the field without having a jumper. Yeah, and you think about it so as well, like, for players who don't have jumpers these days, it's often so hard because you're playing against, if you're a defense, you're playing against someone who doesn't have a jumper, he's got to pack the paint. Yeah. And if you watch the Bucks play, it happens a lot where Giannis will come off a ball screen yeah. and he will have so much space between the, like, the three-point line and the paint. And you think, well, he has to take the shot because he can't drive because there's so many guys in the paint. But he just he glides through them. <laughs> and once he gets up in the air, he's so long. And a lot of a lot of these shots, he's dunking them. Like, he's getting into the lane yeah. and he's dunking them. Like, he's aggressive. He gets to the rim. And it's not like he's trying to do a finesse layup. He's actually jamming him on people. He's just been so, so good. It's his first appearance in the team of the week. Yeah, oh, I think he's, he's well deserved. He's going to be there a lot more. We're keeping Anthony Davis in this week. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yep. He, and he's another guy. Paul Zingas, Anton Kumpo, Anthony Davis. Yeah. I mean, they're just these guys. They're, they're, they're probably three. Yeah. Three, I'll say, yeah. And and Cat. You were putting Cat in? Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking oh, he's about he's another guy. Yeah, Unicorns. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. It's the way the league's trending. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where if you don't have one, like, I don't think it's reached the point where it's necessary yet to have one. Not yet. But because you look at the Warriors, you'd say it's Draymond Green, but even him, he's cut from a different cloth. He's yeah. not the exact same type of guy that we're speaking of. But again, he still represents the small ball, if you want to call it that. I think Mike D'Antoni's called it skill ball. Yeah, as opposed to small ball, I think that's I think that's probably a way better way of saying it. Like I I wrote about it last week that small ball is not necessarily small. You know, it's when we describe small ball, what is it about? Is it about having five guys who are six seven or shorter? Is it about you know having five guys who can dribble and dribble pass and shoot like like uh, like the Warriors do with that with that death lineup when they go to that. Because they can switch everything, everyone can defend every position, and they can all pass, dribble, and shoot. But when you're talking about small, would you rather have, say, you got two guys, right? 
who have the same same skill level, but one seven foot and one six seven. Who would you rather have? You'd rather have the seven footer, right? Yeah. And that's where I think Sha- Shaquille O'Neal always says it, where he says, "Big skilled is better than small skilled." Yeah. At the end of the day, man, bigger is better, and that's the way league's trending now. It's not. It's not there yet because. We only these guys are called unicorns for a reason because there's only about four or five of them in the league. But it's a way because you have to understand that if you look at players now who grew up watching, you know, Michael Jordan's, Kobe Bryant's in the league. We talked about Demar Derozan how he grew up in Compton and really emulated his hero Kobe Bryant. Kyrie Irving's another one, emulated Allen Iverson finishing inside un, um, amongst tall guys. Now you're looking at guys who are looking, you know, guys who growing up they're watching LeBron. They yeah, they're watching LeBron. That is they're, a LeBron they're, guy. They're watching they're watching guys like Anthony Davis step out and shoot jays, defend smaller guards. Whereas t- big men going through high school back in the day, they would just be focused on back to the basket, protecting the paint. It's not like that anymore. Yeah, it's, it's not it's changing. And our lot, we are keeping Kevin Durant in the start. Well, I think he 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 made it week he's one. He's the mainstay, and he stayed in it. He's the continuity factor. He, he just left of our KD. SC. Just he he left OKC and just came into our starting five. Yeah, and <laughs> now moving on to the most prestigious award in all of the NBA. It's the most prestigious honor in the world of NBA, and now it's time to announce this week's nomination for the Colt Rookie of the Year. Now, Chris, you have a Colt Rookie of the Year nomination this week? I do. And this guy, and I can't remember who wrote this article, but you showed it to me. The the one on the ringer yeah, about Yeah, I think it was Jason Concepcion, yeah. I believe. Yeah. I might be wrong there, so apologies if I am. Yeah. But he wrote this article on theringer.com about players who look like they're generic, made-up NBA 2K players. Like, they, yeah. don't, they don't look real. Exactly. And he's actually being nominated for Cot Rookie of the Year this week. So this guy now let me tell you how generic he looks. He has a he has a blonde blonde mop of hair, wears the number ninety one for the New York Knicks. Speaking a lot about the Knicks this week. We are, we show some love. Sean show some love, man. Where where's deserved. And let me let me see how I'm gonna go with this pronunciation. Alright, good luck. I'm not even gonna help. Min, I'm Min just gonna Kuzminskis. Kuzminskis, definitely right. It's a very, I like it. You got mi, our mi, man Christos. He's just fist bumping in the background because he's so happy we got it right. It's one of his favorites. Yeah. It was in his before the season article. He was one of the favorites, one of the top five, and his plays backing it up. He's playing well. He's listen, man. He he's shooting. He's six foot nine. Yeah. Now let me tell you a bit about his background. So he's Lithuanian, twenty seven years of age. He's played since two thousand and six. In the Lithuanian league, um, in in Europe, and come to New York this year, and he's started the season not playing much minutes, and recently Hornacek has gone to him a little bit more, and man, they they've been good with him on the floor, and they're playing him a lot in the clutch as well. Like, yeah, they 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 played not, him they played him in that Hornets game. Yeah, he's not playing like start of the second quarter for five minutes. Like yeah. this is a guy that they're putting on in crunch time when they need to play well and they need to win games, and they're putting on this guy. I mean, and, he's playing well and he impacts winning. Yeah, and what what helps him is he's six foot nine and his length, and he's able to shoot at that that height, so he can play either the three or the four. So you can put him if if you're playing uh, Porzingis 
uh, the five. You can play him as a small ball four, or you can play him at a three, interchange him with Mello, depending on what you need. Now, the Knicks with Kuzminskis on, on the court are a plus 3.3. Yeah. Kuzminskis on the bench, minus 4.4. That's a big difference. That, that is a big difference. And I looked at the Knicks lineup data. He's in one of their better lineups. So this is the lineup that they rolled out against the Hornets. And you mentioned very late in the game that uh, Derek Rose at the point, yep. Courtney Lee shooting guard, Carmelo Anthony, Kuzminskis, and Porzingis. That lineup is a plus 23.3 points wow. per 100 possessions. So wow. for a rookie man, like coming in as a 27-year-old rookie, I think he's been fantastic. And it so shows far. as well a lot of these guys like... You look, you'd look at him and say, like, oh, where did he come from? Yeah. Well, these are guys who are not coming out of college. They're coming out of professional basketball they're, systems. They've having played they're against 27. men. They're 27. Yeah, exactly. They've yeah. played against men. They're playing within a professional team. And granted, like, the Euro, the, as good as the Euro League is, it's obviously not at the level of the NBA. We don't have to yeah. explain that to everyone. But they're playing, they're not playing against 19-year-olds. And I'm not discrediting college ball in any way, shape, or form. But just a comparison, I mean, you're seeing it with Terrence Ferguson's playing in the NBA this year. Emmanuel Moutier played over, overseas. Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings played, played overseas. Yep. So by doing that, they're coming down to the NBA with a knowledge already. And that's why you can put a guy like, say, say for instance, we we think that normally you can't, Play rookies. Rookies normally, we look at say K. Felder for for the Cavs. He's played what four years of college, but he can't be on the court at 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 the crunch time. No. He can't play meaningful minutes right yeah. now, having played four years of college. Whereas Kuzminskas, he's played professionally for over ten years now. You see him on the court in crunch time minutes. He knows what he wants to do. He knows where he needs to be defensively and offensively. He knows when to pass, when to shoot. So. That's my donation. I've got another guy who literally comes from the same mold. And again, excuse me if I get this pronunciation wrong, but it's Nicholas Lopovidia. Laprovitola. Laprovitola. Okay, I'm sorry. You got to roll the tongue. I'm sorry. (laughs) But this is another guy. He's been playing in Europe professionally since 2007. And now he starts for the Spurs some games. (laughs) Like, he's this. There was a game where Pop, for like no reason, just because of Pop, he took out Paddy Mills out of the starting lineup and put in this guy, like, just because. I love Pop, man. And he's one of these guys that, again, because he's played professional basketball, you can put it like, you're not going to play him in the playoffs, big minutes, or anything like that, but you can start him in the regular season and not lose anything. Like, are you going to gain a whole lot? Probably not, but he's going to be he's going to be efficient. He's going to do the right things. He's going to play pretty solid defense. He's just another one of these... Spursy guys He's that not. are just gonna like this could only happen at the Spurs, right? Yeah, uh twenty six year old point guard from Argentina. It's just so Spursy. It is, but me, it and... just shows that he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And it just again it shows the advantages of sometimes like I'm not sure if you've seen the Ben Simmons documentary, and he's a guy that has publicly complained about the NCAA and the way they treat their athletes. And he says something in his documentary that he says he was only at LSU because he had to be there. Well, no, you didn't. Like, you didn't have to be there. You weren't forced to. I mean, was it the best decision for him? Yeah, possibly. 
And but that's not the argument. He's number one pick. He can't. Couldn't, couldn't yeah, play. he said Come he on, had ben. to be there, but no, he could have gone to play overseas. Yeah. Like it's not like if you don't go to college, you can't make the NBA. No. So it just shows sometimes the advantages you can't beat playing pro basketball. Yeah. No matter what league it is, like there's still good leagues outside of the United States of yeah, America. And another guy, um, which we didn't mention here because he's not a rookie. He's played in the league before, but Sergio Rodriguez has come yeah. in. Yeah. And you see on a on a Sixers team where not a lot of those guys n- have played a lot of professional ball, Sergio Rodriguez comes in and he's just smart. He knows he knows what moves to make. He knows what cuts to make, and he knows where to find these guys. You know, say Embiid's growing cold. He knows when to find Embiid. So, you know, those sort of things, man. It's it's so so underrated in today's game where we focus on so much on potential and athleticism and wingspan and all small ball, all, all these sorts of... That buzz- matter, things that matter. They do matter, but they've become buzzwords almost where we kind of overrate them. I mean, they do matter, but, you know, experience and smarts and just pure basketball like you, uh, a, a cerebral knowledge of the game, that, that matters. And it has mattered, it does matter, and it always will matter. Yeah, and again, sometimes learning that overseas is the best way. Now, we spoke about the New York Knicks at the start of the top, yeah. and you wanted to call yourself out on the Knicks. I you, did. So, the floor is yours. Well, this is this is my... Uh, for your wrong this week, I, I'm just going to... Man, I, I actually got two your wrongs. All right. Hit so, him, hit, I, I got no you're wrong. I'm happy with so, the entire NBA world this uh, week. I didn't see anything that I disagree with. I'm just happy. I'm happy that the NBA <laughs> is on. Thank yeah. you. I, I, I'm I, not, I, you're not wrong. No one, everyone's right. Everyone. I, it's, man, you know, sometimes, Luke, you got to call yourself out, man. I, I, okay. I was wrong, and I'm, I've been wrong on a few teams. I think a lot of us have. I have I've been wrong. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I've been wrong on the Bulls. I've yep. been wrong on the Knicks. Yep. And I've been wrong on the Houston Rockets. No, I wasn't wrong on the Rockets. You weren't wrong on the I Rockets. I had him, I, I was wrong on the Rockets. I was fourth or fifth. I was so, high on the Rockets. I And I'll talk about the Rockets, man, because it's probably a team that I've been most wrong on. Cause okay. I, We've spoken I, about the Knicks. We yeah, all know. We, we know we, why we're wrong about we, the Knicks. We know. So the Rockets, man, I you know, I, I wrote about this in, in a piece I did on Harden, and he's such an interesting character for me. You know, He's so misunderstood, mm-hmm. and I feel like that translates to the Houston Rockets as well. They... When they made this hire of Mike D'Antoni, immediately I was like, you know, what are they doing? Because his last few stops in LA, in New York, it, it didn't sit well with me. And I think, I don't know if Thibodeau was taken by the Wolves at this time or not, but I was like, man, that's your guy. He can get James Harden to defend. And then they went and added, they went and added Eric Gordon, uh, Ryan Anderson. And I'm thinking, oh, this, this is all right. You know, they're not going to be that great. They're going to be fun to watch. They'll be a league pass team, but nothing more. But man, they're they're a legit team. Yeah, and, and I I underestimated what Harden, what sorry, what Dan Tony. Dan Tony could do with a guy like Harden as his lead dog, as his lead weapon, having him in the center as the hub. With and now you see Harden with all these weapons around him, guys who can actually shoot as opposed to guys like Terrence Jones and Modi Yunus, who they could shoot, they, but they're not serviceable shooters like like Anderson, who's, who's a knockdown three-point shooter. So I was wrong, man. I was wrong. Yeah. I, I just got to ra- raise my hand up. I was wrong. So Chris De Silva. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. But 
just going back on the Rockets there for a minute, I when the D'Antoni hiring happened, which obviously made headlines, I I actually liked it because if you look at these players, so many players don't get their chance to succeed because they're not put in a position to succeed. So you bring in D'Antoni, and all he does, he almost highlights James Harden's strengths even more. So, like, this is a guy who I honestly felt was underrated last year and fell victim of, like, Vine yeah. and just being put yeah. on six-second loops of playing, like, bad defense. And they're still a bad defensive team. Like, yeah. they're, they're not stopping anyone. But I felt like you bring in Dan Tony. And what he does for you, and you, again, we've got to mention the Dwight Howard thing. Mm-hmm. Him leaving has definitely made a positive impact. Yep. But you bring in you bring in Dan Tony, and what he does is he says, well, James Harden's my new point guard. Well, he was always the point guard anyway because he always, he always controlled the ball. Like, that's yep. his spot. So, But him saying that he's a point guard, suddenly all these people saying, well, why is he holding the ball so much? They're not saying that anymore. Yeah. So, so, it's changed the perception of him. Yeah. It's, it's such a small thing, but it's it's – Almost flipped the percep- perception and the pressure on Harden's a bit less in a, in a weird way because he's he's as a point guard you're expected to facilitate and now that he's just playing his natural game. Yeah, and it's interesting because like if you look at the way Harden's playing this year compared to last, I don't think it's that different. Like he's still his isolation frequency percentages are still high. You know, he still takes a lot of shots. Yeah. Percentages you, about the same. Yeah, shooting. you look at the assist numbers. Yes, I agree with that. But I think that's also a result if he's just playing with better players. Like Eric yeah, Gordon and exactly. Ryan Anderson are playing their roles they were meant to perfectly. Yeah. Now, we know they've had historically injury problems. Is it sustainable? Would I say on the court? Who knows? We don't know. But what we do know is Mike D'Antoni is given the ball to Harden. He's said that. So it's that internal belief, which we can sometimes underrate, the internal belief of saying, my coach wants me to do this. And he's letting him run. Yeah. He's just letting him... Dan Tony's one of those guys who I think he almost... More than any coach in the league, or maybe not... Or maybe there's other ones that do it as well, more than he does. But he just... He lets his players play. Yeah. He doesn't restrict them to this exact strict playbook. He lets them do... Not freestyle. I think freestyle is the wrong word for it. I think that's underselling it, saying it's freestyling. But he just lets them do what they're comfortable in doing. Yeah. And you're seeing if the Rockets, because they're winning these games against good teams. Like we all saw that excellent double overtime TNT game in, in Oracle against the Golden State. So, I mean, are they a team that is going to beat Golden State in the playoffs? No, I don't think so. But can they make a conference finals? Like maybe. Maybe. If maybe. the matchups work and if you, I mean, it always comes down to luck. If yeah. luck goes their way, I mean, why not? Why can't the Rockets make the conference finals? Yeah, they'll be there or thereabouts. And we, you spoke about D'Antoni before, and I think it was on the low post this week, um, and I think it was Zach or, or Ramona Shelburne mentioned how D'Antoni had this line where he says, if you're going to put a cap on on a player's potential... Yeah, he'll reach it. They'll just reach that cap. And that's it. That's it. They're not going to exceed that. But... Dan Tony doesn't do that, and you see players, they're reaching for the stars now, and you see, that's why you see guys like Harden, and and, and Eric Gordon's had an amazing year, you know, he hasn't played this well probably since he played for the Clippers, so, you know, I just got to put my hand up, man, I, I, I was wrong again, All right, you're um, wrong. but I got another one, Luke. I, another one? I got another one, Okay. Man. As we all know this week, 
Draymond Green's been kicking everyone and everything oh, inside. No. He's been what's new? What's new in the world? Yeah, right. And you know, Draymond came out and said he explained physics and kinesiology and <laughs> and you know, went 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 all Einstein on everybody talking about how how am I? How's everyone supposed to know I can I how I control my body? Blah 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 blah. And Draymond's agent, BJ Armstrong, who's a former. Former yeah, former player yeah. played for the Bulls with with Jordan won a t- title mm-hmm. or three. Uh, he came out with this to say. So he was. He said, "Since oh, since since I've been in a part of this league, I can't recall when they've actually made rules that have actually helped to improve the game of basketball." BJ, wow. what are, BJ, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> Let, can you get a photo of BJ up so I can talk to BJ? <laughs> He has to imagine he's talking to BJ Armstrong. <laughs> BJ, what the hell are you talking about, man? <laughs> talking about there's no improved rules. These guys, like, you talk about the league in the mid-2000s, in the post-Jordan years. It was where, bad. Where teams were playing, you know, the NBA Finals games was like 74-72. It was the NBA's Great Depression. Great Depression. And what did they do? They, they got rid of the handshake. They got the three-second paint rule. Which allowed spread off spread offenses and man, you, you can't tell me the game hasn't been is is in a worse shape than it was oh, in the nineties. In the best shape, the league ever. is so healthy right now. Yeah, so, and I think guys like BJ Armstrong and I don't know what it is about the these players who played in the eighties and nineties and they have this chip on their shoulder that they're almost in to prove themselves that this that they were better. They, they than were better. These at, guys, I don't know. It's like a macho thing or whatever, but. You you guys had your time, man. Like, just give these guys props. You know, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but man, give Steph Curry his props. Like, he's the best shooter of all time. Yeah, there's people playing in the eighties, eighties and nineties talking about how this Warriors team isn't that good. They won 140 games the past two years. <laughs> they they're a good they got team. The best regular season wins total ever. Yeah, like <laughs> like I don't know what. How can you how can you say that the game hasn't improved? I, I, I just thought that was flat out wrong. So BJ Armstrong, you are You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I like that one, Chris. That was a good one. And the it, again it stems from Draymond's kicking, which we all know it's an issue <laughs> and he's just gotta stop. I honestly felt like the Harden one, I felt sorry for Draymond a yeah, little bit. I, I didn't feel like he meant it. But you just gotta control yourself. I think with I don't know if, like, it's so hard. Like, Draymond, to me, he doesn't... I don't think he walks out on the court thinking, I'm going to... I have to kick someone today. <laughs> I don't think Obviously so. not. You'd hope not. Yeah, you hope not. <laughs> but, he, like you said, he just... You have to control your actions. Like, we see some of these where his whole body, every part of his body, all his momentum is traveling down, and one leg travels up. <laughs> You, what kind of physics is that? I don't know what they taught at Michigan State, Draymond Green, but I, you obviously didn't go to physics class. Yeah, now, moving on, we have another Twitter question this week. And, of course, if you always want to ask to answer your question, you can tweet at SCN America, use the hashtag, hashtag Podcast, yes. and we'll get through as many as we possibly can. We'll probably get through all of them. This is from at Spider9842, and he, he asked this question earlier in the year, and he's asked it again. He said... The Utah Utah Jazz playoff hopes. Now, they're all making the playoffs. So, I think we said it earlier in the year when they weren't winning a lot of games because they didn't have their guys. Like, they had players out. But they have come in. 
I mean, I think George Hill's back now, or he's just returning. Mm-hmm. Gordon Haywood's playing. You've got someone like Trey Lyles coming off the bench playing really well. Joe Johnson is playing the role that he was meant to play. You know, Dante Exum has been in and out of the lineup. DL's been in and out as well. Yeah, DL's been hurt as well. Derek Favors is still... I think he's still out at the moment, or he's still in a restriction, so he's barely played. So they've barely been able to play Gobert and Favors, their their guys, together. But they're still winning games. You know, this is a team that... They can almost take advantage of the Western Conference not being what it's used to being. You know, we're so used to this idea of the Western Conference being you have to win 50 games to, like to, to, even, to even make the eighth seed. Yeah. I think there was a year when, like, the Warriors would have... I can't remember. A team won, like, 48 games and didn't even make the playoffs in the West. I think in 09-10, the Thunder were 50-32 and 32 and were an eighth seed. Yeah, exactly so. right. If you're 50 wins this year, I mean, you're the third or fourth seed. Like, you're yeah. amazing. So, Utah can take advantage of that. Absolutely. You know, yeah, they haven't been off to the... Like, they've been good. They've probably been a little bit... I feel like they're, they're better than their record. Yeah. So, I mean, to the Twitter question, I mean, if I assume you're a Jazz fan, you've got nothing to worry about because no. your team's in a good, good, good spot. Yeah. And they're still young. And they've still got a good home court advantage in Utah. So I think the Jazz are looking good. They're looking good. Yeah, you, like, with with all these teams who who have injury problems, we talk about it with Memphis as well, you just got to stay afloat, man. You just got to stay tread afloat. Tread water. Tread water at or above 500 until you get your guys back. It's still December. You know, we're still, I think, are we even a quarter of the way? I think through? we're about the quarter point now. About the quarter point. There's still so much ball to be played. And you're thirteen and nine, man. It's not like you're, you're no, exactly. You're, you're they're si- not. They're not in a hole or something. No, like they're still seventh in the in the West. And I don't know about you, Luke, but I can only see this team going up. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're, so, they're not going down. Nothing to worry about for for me. Yeah. So moving on. Now we ended the show last week talking about a player or a coach that you would love to get advice from. Like, oh, wake yes. up in the morning yeah. and a motivational Hubie, text. Hubie, Hubie. <laughs> I mean, we, the Hubie we all spoke first. about Hubie Brown, which is amazing, by the way. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's blushing again. <laughs> no. So, based on the back of that, it's another kind of discussion that I've always thought about for a long time, right. playing in my Wednesday night domestic basketball leagues, <laughs> is if I was thinking, like, we're not a great, like, rep. We're not, we don't play rep. We're like... Open age, 10 p.m. on the upstairs Ball Meadows courts. Like it's <laughs> probably the lowest basketball grade you can ever reach in life. So I was. Thinking, Don't do that, man. Don't do that to yourself. I was, no, but Give I yourself was, some credit. I was thinking about that team there, Mike. My, my team. If we could play against any NBA team, past or present, and this NBA team is playing like it's Game Seven of the final, like they are balling out. They're playing as hard as they possibly can. Which team would you want to play against? Like, I feel like that experience of appreciating how good these guys are and how hard it is, it'd be priceless. And, I mean, I've got so many teams that I would want to play against. Who's like, your number one? I don't really have a number one because there's too many. Like, you'd want to play against one of the Jordan Bulls teams. Yep. I would want to play against this current Warriors team to see how, how you slow, slow them down. Yeah. You want to play against a peak LeBron. I reckon a Miami LeBron team. 2013. Peak Heat. LeBron team. 66 wins. Yeah. yeah. I would even love to play like the like nine win or 11 wins, whatever, Charlotte Bobcats. <laughs> to see like, okay, you were the worst team in the NBA. How bad were you against us? They still kick 
Exactly. Kick our That's the yeah. point. So the bad boy Pistons would be fun. No, they they <laughs> would. You'd get, you'd leave the arena with bruises. That's well, no fun. You'd probably get concussed. <laughs> well, mate, how, how about playing against an all star team? Playing. How, how about playing against the dream team? The oh, 92, 92 dream team. There's so many. Do you have? I mean, who would you want to like? Who would you want to experience playing against? When you when you asked me this, I was like, because I'm admittedly not a good basketball player <laughs> at all. Like, I am awful. When I say I'm awful, like I'm not exaggerating. It. I am awful. So when you asked me this question, I was like, I don't want to play against any of these guys. Yeah, I, but like that's not the lose. point. I'm just gonna get beaten. <laughs> you know, we know we're gonna lose. And we're gonna get yeah. embarrassed. But that's not the point. But the point I, I want to win, man. Say. Change it up, all right. What if you could, you could have, you could, you're just one player on, on any of a, any of these rosters, right? What roster would you go want to play with to play against a team? Right. Okay. A, a historical team. Okay. So you're you're pretty much choosing a team you want to play on against a former team. So say you want to say, okay, I want to play on the Showtime Lakers against the Bad Boy Pistons. Okay. Whatever, I would like love. To be a part of the Mike D'Antoni seven seconds or less Suns teams, yeah, because they were one of the that team or that era, the D'Antoni Suns era was one of my catalysts of actually getting into basketball. Like, yep. they made me almost fall in love with the game. I'd love to join that team, and I don't know, just for the sake of points, I'd love to play against this Warriors team. The scores would be like one seventy to one sixty, but like, it'd be fun, man. It'd be so it'd be fun, fun to play against. I just to watch. Yeah, I think I, I would love. I would love that. That'd be like my fantasy matchup right there. Would be this current Warriors team against the the the, the seven seconds or less Mike D'Antoni Phoenix Suns teams. Yeah. Um. I, that I think that's it. That's all we've got this week, Chris. We're running out of time. Oh man, you know, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> I say it every week, but I have fun every week. So, Chris, where can we find your stuff? Uh Twitter handles at seedsilver twenty three. Um. Gotta oh, do I tease? Do I tease what I got coming? Yeah, they want to hear it. The people want to hear it. I got a piece coming on Mister Triple Double. So this uh, so Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, okay, a bit of a deep dive on, on what what makes Russ tick, cool. and I, and yeah, it should be fun. I feel so bad that I actually had to say Westbrook there. Like I feel yeah. guilty. I, I expected you to pick it up, man. I should have picked it up straight away. Just so disrespectful. I know. <laughs> I apologize, Russ. Don't get angry at me. Where can we find your stuff, Luke? Uh, Twitter at Luke Sakari. NBA columns at sen.com.au. Go to the US Sport tab. It's all there. And what do you got coming? What, can, can you tease uh, us something? I don't. I don't really have a lot of stuff to tease at the moment. I'm kind of just playing it by ear. I've got a few. So, such a I've mad got a mystery. Few, I've got a few NBL and WNBL stuff yeah. in, in the works. Right. NBA wise, there's nothing. It's just whatever comes to me. <laughs> I have nothing. You're like you're like Dan Tony, you know, just not putting a cap on yourself. I don't put a cap on what, myself. What, I don't restrict happens. myself to something. But K- no. K- sarah, sarah. K- keep an eye out <laughs> if you ever want to chat basketball with me. Like, I'm around. Hit me up on Twitter. We can discuss all day. Till next week, thank you for joining us on the SEN NBA podcast. See you later, guys. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.